Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 161. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm back from vacation and wanted to share with you my recent interview with Kyle Davies. So last week I replayed the two times that he's been on Therapy Chat before as a little prelude for you to this week's interview with Kyle. He was recently in the U.S. and he lives in Wales. So I was so excited to know that he was right on the East Coast, an hour away from where I live. We made arrangements to meet up and record another interview because I am fascinated by what he's doing and I think he's helping a lot of people. Many people I work with are dealing with chronic pain and chronic illness and I'm learning a lot more about adrenal stress and the HPA axis and all that good stuff. That's even more of an interest of mine now. I hope you will find our interview interesting. This time, Kyle talked a little bit more about his perspective and how spirituality plays into his work. So sit back and have a listen. Love to know what you think. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Today, I'm really excited to be talking in person for the first time (laughs) with Kyle Davies, who is here in the U.S. right now, all the way from Wales. Kyle, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Uh, It's great to be back. It was took me, I don't know, two, three weeks on a boat to get over here. I came (laughs) the old fashioned way. And yeah, it's, it's great to be back. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So why are you here in the U.S.? 
Well, it's that's what a question. I I was speaking at the USA BP conference in Santa Barbara over the weekend, which was a wonderful experience. <laughs> and we have a dog in the background who's <laughs> having some bodily functions happening. So Santa Barbara is a long way from here. So you were just doing that over the weekend and today is Wednesday. Are you jet lagged? No, I'm not jet lagged at all, actually. it's uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I've come here mainly to talk to you and uh, so to, do some, to do some book talks as well and to run a workshop, a workshop on the weekend. You're doing a workshop here in D.C.? I'm doing a workshop for sufferers of chronic fatigue and pain conditions. Mm. A two-day workshop for chronic fatigue and pain solution. Where is that? It's in, it's in a hotel in Arlington. So it's in Arlington. Yeah, yep. Northern Virginia. Yes. Awesome. Wow. Next time I'll have to come. It costs a lot of money. <laughs> I can pay for it. So <laughs> I'm sure that people who are listening might be interested in maybe coming if you do this again. I mean, they won't hear it in time to attend this weekend because mm. this is coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, let's hope I say something that's uh, of interest today that will uh, uh, entice them into to, to hear more from me. Yeah. I, I always enjoy hearing from you. So you have been on this podcast before, and we've been talking about your book, The Intelligent Body. We have, and we've talked about how the body is 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 a, a, a profound and useful medium to convey information to us. We talked about emotion, I think, on the last mm-hmm. episode when I was here. And today we're going to talk about things maybe a little bit more metaphysical, maybe a little bit more spiritual, perhaps. You know, from my from my my perspective, I think when it comes to health challenges, we need to be addressing body, mind, and spirit, if you will. And I know that almost sounds like a bit of a cliche, but I think we we do we need to address them. And I think if we if we isolate each one and, and just fixate on one, then we do ourselves an injustice, and we run the risk of just dealing with a person's symptoms rather than a. Than, than, than addressing the full person and the full nature of why a sickness or a disease has manifested itself. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you 100% on the whole mind, body, and spirit connection. And uh, we've definitely talked about that on Therapy Chat in the past. Recently, one of my guests, Lainey Smith, has talked about kind of, you know, spirituality as self-care and, you know, I used to think that spirituality was like a, I don't want to say a dirty word, but it was definitely something that I was uncomfortable when it was mentioned because of an association with religion and worrying that the person who was talking about it was going to try to push some religious beliefs on me. But that's not really what we're talking about here, right? Oh, it might be. No. <laughs> no, it isn't. But don't I think it's pushing your beliefs on us. I we think don't want it, that. No, we don't. Um, <laughs> but I think one of the my sense of it, and certainly from from a perspective of coming from the UK, is that there is very much a sense of if you're an intelligent person, you've been to college, you're probably an atheist because you believe in science and science and spirituality are very different things. And that materialistic paradigm still pervades thinking. And I think when we get into psychology and therapy, there is a there is a desire to intellectualize, to 
attach ourselves to science to validate what it is that we're doing. And I think we can run the risk then of, of excluding things of a metaphysical nature, which for me, the two things don't need, those two things of things that are being spiritual or scientific don't need to be mutually exclusive. I think that we can, we can embrace both, uh, which is kind of what I try to do in, in the, in, in my book is say, well, you know, here's some science and here's a spiritual interpretation of that. So I, I think it's, I think it's in, I think it can be, well, I personally think it's important, but I think it can be very useful as well because it can give us a different perspective on things. And ultimately, what we're looking to do is reduce the level of suffering that people experience and taking a spiritual perspective on things can can facilitate that. Okay, so when you talk about taking a spiritual perspective on chronic illness and pain issues how does that fit together for you there's there are levels of this i think and i think my sense of it is that and and you'll have you'll have to tell me if i'm getting too woo woo or if I'm, what i'm saying doesn't make sense but my sense of it is that we are there are there, there are paradigms within there's a paradigm within which we live and that that paradigm is that outside life causes how I feel and I am a single identity and which is kind of attached to our, to my my ego I have a sense of self I'm separate from everything else and as a human being I'm moving away from discomfort towards comfort and if I if I want to attain comfort if I want to attain good feelings that comes from me manipulating external events and I think this is often why we get caught in that that pattern of if if I don't feel good, something out here needs to change in order for me to so something out there needs to change in order for me to feel okay in here because how I feel is directly caused by outside life. Now my sense of it is that we exist on something of a a spectrum, a spectrum of, of consciousness. And at one end of the spectrum, we have that sense of being separate. At the other end of the spectrum, there is a sense that, for me, that we are all connected. So we're a flow of consciousness. We are unique expressions of, of consciousness, but it's a consciousness that is all connected. And how I feel at any given moment is something that emerges through me. And my, my conception of reality is something that emerges through me. And my my i guess my belief is that our our natural tendency is to whilst i think we fluctuate along this spectrum from a limited self that sees itself as separate and it sees life as causing how it feels through to an expanded self which is aligned with what i would call my true self and in that space i recognize that i'm connected to all this i'm a flow of consciousness and how i feel is something that emerges through me i think that we're constantly bouncing back and forth on that spectrum and that a natural pull is towards being aligned with my true self and i think our body lets us know when we are misaligned because we feel discomfort at some level so that if if, if that all makes sense so that's that's for me that's a spiritual notion that well we're all connected and we are all, you know, we, if we are a flow of a flow of, of of consciousness rather than being just an individual separate self, 
and if how I feel is something that just emerges through me. It can also be, you know, the other thing that kind of comes with that is the idea that at any point in time, it's entirely possible for me to feel okay without something changing outside. So, you know, life doesn't have to, you know, I can feel pretty horrendous one minute, but if I bring my attention inside and I, I have the awareness that, well, how I feel is something that emerges through me. It's not necessarily something created or directly caused by outside life. I can spring back within a moment to, to feeling a sense of being okay. So that's, that, that, that's I guess that's the, the, the foundation of, the, of a spiritual piece. So I think the other, you know, there are other kind of ideas, really. Much, in my view, much of suffering comes from probably three three key pieces. One is that we tend to resist. So we resist external life when we, we resist how we feel. We do that by, by applying meaning to what we feel in life. So, you know, there's resistance, there is this notion that outside life directly causes how I feel. So in order for me to feel okay, I've got to constantly fix life. And the third thing I was going to say, I've, I've just forgotten. So hopefully as we talk, that might come back to me. But but there's, in order for us to reduce suffering, we need to allow ourselves to move away from resisting, move away from kind of applying meaning and judging and come back to the sense that it's entirely possible for any moment for me to feel okay. I don't have to fix outside life. And actually, there's no right and wrong in what I feel. Everything I feel is is okay. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, that resonates a lot for me. So, but I want to um, make sure for our listeners that they understand when you were talking about feeling okay. Do you mean? absence of physical pain or do you mean absence of emotional pain or do you mean happy or is it both physical and emotional that you're referring to when you say I can be okay? That's a really good question. And I think it's a really good question from the perspective of there is almost an urgency for me to feel good. Mm -hmm. Being okay is being at peace and that doesn't necessarily mean I feel good. So I, I can be feeling from an emotional perspective, fear, anger, sadness, grief, and I can be okay with that. If I, and I guess this is sort of part of the work we do. Yeah, this is kind of part of the work we do, isn't it? Is that I don't even, I don't necessarily even have to give those emotions a label those feelings a label I can just allow myself to be curious about the sensations as they appear inside knowing as well that there is an ebb and flow to life and you know sometimes we have emotion that may be nudging us to let us know that it's you know we are we're kind of perceiving something in a certain way or something is is going on in life and we may need to 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 behave or change the way we, way we behave but there is also this kind of ebb and flow where sometimes we we feel a bit off kilter we don't always feel great and there may be no you know immediate explanation for that but being okay allowing what it is that we feel I think is allowing the sensations and separating the sensations from a cognitive uh, discussion or story that can go with with that. I think is is what facilitates a return to feeling 
better, if that makes sense, feeling more at peace, you know, a little bit more quickly. I'm not, did I, did that, I'm not sure if that made sense. I think, you know, the, the way I often talk about it with, you know, with clients is that we could say that if I feel dis- discomfort at some level, it may be that I'm, I'm wobbling. And my natural tendency is towards well-being. So I believe that just in the same way that, you know, if I fall over and I graze my knee, my body-mind system wants to return me back to a state of well-being so i my scab forms over my knee and it's a bit itchy and if i but if i don't pick it it just it will heal so i think our emotional system wants to do the same thing so if i allow that scab to be there i feel it and just let it be there it heals if i feel my emotion without resistance without mental chatter then and i allow it to move through me then i believe that my I come back to a centered, grounded space, so I, my wobble gets less and less. So, the, in my mind, I think of it as a as a like those those toys we used to have when I was a kid, weebles, mm-hmm. and weebles wobble, but they but they don't fall down. The the in terms of our emotion, so I call this our emotional system reset. I think we are naturally designed to self correct, and as I say, and I think knowing that is very important because when people feel overwhelming emotions, there is a layer of suffering is the resistance to, to, to the emotions, that, um, that idea that I'm going to drown in this if I allow it to keep going. So I've got to get rid of it. I think a lot of technique is about getting rid of how we feel, whereas my sense is dive in, fully feel what you feel. And when you just pay attention to the – it doesn't mean you have to stop what, 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 you're, what you're doing. It could be peeling carrots or writing an email. But when you allow yourself to fully feel what you feel, you dive in – then it's it's it, you take away the resistance. You take away a layer of suffering. So you could have something which feels, in terms of intensity, like a six out of ten, which goes to a twelve out of ten with with your your level of resistance. So having that sense that well, if if I allow myself to fully feel it, and my belief is your experience, if you let yourself have it, your experience won't harm you. But if you block it, it'll kill you. So allowing yourself to fully feel the sensations without any any comment, any judgment, any meaning, that will move through you. Knowing that I will come, I'm wobbling at the moment. And do you know what? It's perfectly okay for me to wobble. And here's the spiritual piece, because isn't it wonderful that I can have this experience of life? Because we could even say to some to to, to some extent in a very simple way, the purposes of life is to have the experience of being human. And what's the experience of being human? It's having feelings. So having the the feeling of guilt of shame of anger of fear none of those are bad none of those are wrong if i simply allow myself to feel them and be bask in that sense of well you know this is part of the wonderful journey of life then it will move through me i will wobble and then i'll come back to my natural default you know setting my emotional system reset yeah so Kyle being at the us Association of Body Psychotherapy Conference, USABP. What were you talking about when you were there? What what were you presenting? Presenting the energy flow coaching approach to dealing with chronic pain and fatigue issues. And I think that myself and my colleague, uh, Rebecca, were probably the only people there presenting, talking about how emotion and how the body can help us to heal 
chronic medical issues. So it's I, I think it's you know it it is exciting, exciting times really. Yeah, definitely. And I know we talked about this when you were on this podcast before, but what does that all mean? Is that what you've got to say? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, what exactly did you say to your audience? So, it's essentially, <laughs> you know, there, there, there is, there is. Go back to what I said at the start: of there's, there's body, mind, and, and and spirit. In terms of in terms of body, when we're looking at, and I think from anxiety through to chronic fatigue and pain, we're looking at dysfunction within the HPA axis. And oh it, yeah, I love when you talk about the HPA axis. Seriously, and it is. That is the HPA access that leads to dysfunction within the endocrine system, the immune system, and the autonomic nervous system. And that gives rise then to the whole host of symptoms that, that people experience. What we experience is that people want to fixate on just the body aspect of it. And for the most part, want to talk about what I believe are the downstream effects of that so mitochondrial dysfunction or a, you know a, a thyroid that's not working as it should work and then you get all the symptoms that arise as, as a result of that but, but for me that is um that is certainly within the conditions that we're t- we're, we're talking about that's a result of an overactive or a, a dysfunctional hpa access now i do recognize that this is one of the things with symptoms isn't it that uh, you know, a person can have a, a headache and a headache can mean a whole variety of mm-hmm. different things. So effective diagnosis is important. And that in it, in, in and of itself is very difficult. Mm-hmm. But I think that with our materialistic, medicalized mindset, we, we're looking at the body in isolation as a machine. And, we're, you know, we're trying to be clever in terms of science of or this, figure out exactly what's going on. Then we treat those symptoms. And I think that when we treat the symptoms, we're not dealing with the full picture and we're not understanding what's going on. One of the problems to a certain extent that that we have within energy flow coaching is we're saying, well, actually, the reason for the HP access dysfunction is because it's a body in a perpetual state of stress. And then, of course, we've got to talk about, well, what does, you know, therefore we need to define stress, you know, in, in, a, in a particular way, because most people think that stress is that you know that feeling of overwhelm you have when you're you know when you're overwhelmed you're busy and exactly and and that really so you know for me well we have to understand what what stress is and and there is acute stress that we feel which is generally the stress that you know people talk about when they when they talk about stress i can feel it and then there is chronic stress which people don't feel and we know you know perfectly well that it's entirely possible for a person's body and brain to be in a state of stress without them being aware of it. And the other important thing about stress is that regardless of the stressor, be it environmental, physical, uh, or mental, uh, the, the, the stress response in the body and brain is, 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 is exactly the same. And I think the other tricky thing about stress is that the stress response is not always uh, consistent. So you could be sat in a very hot room without any air in it and, you know, it's very stuffy. Your body could go into the stress response as a result of that. Now you could be sat in the same room with the same limited amount of air two, two days later and maybe your body doesn't experience the stress response in quite the same way. And that's what makes stress, I think, a very difficult thing necessarily to work with. 
Because we know from the perspective of medicine, medicine likes to be able to standardize things. It wants to look at specific instances, specific symptoms, and then generate specific treatments for those those, those symptoms. And this is the thing, isn't it, is that when, when it comes to stress, there are a whole variety of stressors that can, can can contribute to the stress response and therefore ultimately symptoms. So in terms of the stuff we, we you know, from what we were talking about the, at the conference, it was that notion of, okay, well, we're looking at a whole variety of symptoms here. And ultimately, we believe it's that it's a body in a, in, in a perpetual state of stress. And whilst we can treat symptoms of which there can be, be many, ultimately, we need to get back to, well, what might be leading to stress. Or keeping the body in a in a in a in a state of stress, and the spiritual bit comes in because really a lot of it comes down to the the extent to which we are detached from what I would call our true self. So if we look at that spectrum of of of, of consciousness, the more we are in this space of feeling separate and isolated, and we're not aligned with our deeper feelings, the more likely we are to trigger our body into that stress response so more emotion will build up inside which you know keeps our hpa access in that kind of dysfunctional pattern yes yes so that i want to amplify what you just said because that that idea that being in a state of chronic stress causes the hpa access dysfunction which leads to the chronic pain chronic illness symptoms yes and you, you, you know, if 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 you if you want to get into the the specifics, it's you know you often have people with 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 chronic fatigue and say things like, well, I, I wake up in the morning and it feels like I've just run a ten k race, or my 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 muscles are aching. Essentially, what's happening is the HPA access is is uh, d- dysfunctional. That triggers that you know the problems with the autonomic nervous system. That means that muscles can be chemically working even when we're not doing anything. So you get a buildup of lactic acid within within, within muscles, even when you're sat on the sofa or you're you're lying in bed. And this is why people can can wake up and muscles are aching. So when we when you know we can trace back all of the the, the, the symptoms, the, the the physical symptoms that people experience down to you know, issues with the systems of, of, of the body, be it the endocrine system, the immune system, autonomic, autonomic nervous system. So both the symptoms which are in the body and come from the effects of suppressed emotions and the healing through the body are both affected by it. That's what you're doing. It's like the illness is caused by the illness the symptoms in the body are coming from the unexpressed emotions and the healing comes through the body as well. Yeah. So in terms of in terms of the the persistent triggering of the stress response. So if if we take a step back. So this is the way I see it and the the simple way I explain this to my clients is to say well what we have is a stress bucket. And anything from poor diet, bad in bad sleep or sleep drinking too much alcohol, you, you could have an accident, you could fall down a flight of stairs, you could have a car accident, you might be exercising to, to excess, you might have had a bad case of flu. All of those things can trigger the stress response. There's every chance that unknowingly you've been blocking emotion as well. And 
as you know, one of the theories that I like is the idea that our emotion and our feelings are slightly different things and that emotion is a non-conscious process that ideally triggers feelings. And one of the reasons I kind of like this idea is because we know it's possible for us to block our emotional feelings. And even if we detach from them and we don't feel them, it doesn't mean that emotion is not still happening. So I think what happens is that when people become chronically ill, it's it usually a number of primary causes. So lots of things building up in the stress bucket. You know, I've had lots of clients that have come to see me because they've had a car accident and that's triggered their their, their their fibromyalgia or something else has happened. And because we're in that medicalized mindset where we're thinking single cause, people assume that it's, well, this is what caused, or, you know, I had a, a Epstein-Barr and that's what caused my chronic fatigue. Now, for me, that is the proverbial last straw. You know, that's the last thing that's gone in a stress bucket, which is already full. Now, this is theory. I don't have, I don't have actual proof for this, but it seems, it seems a fairly plausible theory. Something like a case of Epstein Barr or something like a car accident, they're usually more of a, a one-off. Whereas a blockage of emotion, which is usually happened, usually starts with a variety of traumas in childhood. Becomes a pattern. So people, you know, the way I, I see it is that we detach from emotion in childhood, usually from some trauma, which can be very, very minor. And there's usually lo lots of them, as you well know. And in order to cope with life, we learn to block our feelings, and then we develop a pattern where I, where our identity is wedded to some version of of us, which is a version of us that is blocking our emotional feelings. So it gets to the point then where those emotions are still being produced, still being produced, and then it leads to a rewiring of neural pathways within the brain, almost as if our body is saying, well, I'm sending emotions to try to get, you, get your, your attention. Because those are not working, I'm going to turn up the volume and send you some symptoms. So that's effectively what I think happens. Is the, there's a, that, that rewiring then is the, the dysfunction within the HPA access. And yeah, the the route back is by recognizing, okay, well, emotion and emotional feelings are a feedback mechanism in much the same way as if we need the, the bathroom or if you're hungry or if you're thirsty or if you're tired, your body is giving you, you know, some feedback. It's inviting you to do something. So we need to allow ourselves to reattune to those those emotional feelings in order that we can pay attention to that to that feedback and it's through doing that that we then rewire the brain back to normal functioning and therefore rewire the hpa access and then because as i was saying earlier there is that almost like nat that natural template that natural blueprint of well-being that our body wants us to align with our body will naturally heal but if we you know in much the same way as if i'm picking that scab on my knee after i've fallen over my knee isn't ever going to to heal of course, we also know that if my body is in a perpetual state of stress, my knee, the scab on my knee probably won't form or probably won't heal. So a body in a perpetual state of stress is, is you know, I think it's probably the, the main cause of, of most Ill, illnesses, really. So that, yeah, the, the, that route back is getting back into the body and learning how to feel and learning how to align with what I'm calling our, our true self, which is this flow of consciousness. So thank you for explaining that. And I'm curious when you talk about the 
outside in approach and you talk about how you know it's not what's outside that's causing it but the stress is something outside in a way but also you know what the stress is something that is happening because of situations you know like i work too much so i'm stressed and i'm working too much because i'm trying not to feel my feelings which are not about work or you know, anything else Well, they're about something, <laughs> but not about what, you know, it's not really about, Oh, I have so much to do. It's about, I don't want to feel X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know? So can you talk about that outside in approach a so, little bit more? So the, in the simplest way, the, uh, for me, and I, I know the term inside out and outside in are terms that lot, lot, or it's a, they're phrases that lot, lots of people use in, in lots of contexts. For me, there's a, there's a number of, there's a number of, of things is that there's that, the first point is what I was saying earlier. There's that paradigm that unconsciously we all believe that life directly causes how I feel. And when we when we and when we believe ourselves to be separate a separate individual self then we are usually trying you know because we again we have this drive away from discomfort to comfort we are usually often in our head trying to think about what needs to change about me or about life in order for circumstances to change in order for me to feel better and this is where people get caught up in trying to control life and my belief is that control is something of, of an illusion so we can't control anything out there we don't actually control in each moment we don't actually control how we feel so you know in, in the, the moments that unfold now I don't have any con direct control over how I feel but if I can again with this idea of if I allow myself to feel and if I being inside out if I know my feelings emerge from within me then and will flow through me and if i allow them to flow my emotional reset kicks in and they naturally flow i'm being kind of much more inside out and also if i if i can step into this space where i recognize well i'm connected to everything else so i'm not actually separate i'm just an expression of of consciousness that is flowing and there is an ebb and flow to everything so i'm I've, i will have times when i feel great and aligned and connected and a lot of times when i feel off off kilter and you know, not as not as wonderful as maybe, you know, I would like or intellectual I would like, but I can allow those because that's all part of that's all part of being connected to to everything else. That for me is kind of more of the, the notion of of inside out. And it's what it does is it it means I can relinquish the need to control. And I and again, as I was saying earlier, it 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 brings into being this emotional reset much, much quicker. If I let go of the idea that this has, X has to happen in order for me to feel happy. If I let go of yeah. that. I'll be happy when blank. Yeah. You know, if I, I know that, well, happiness is, 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 is transient. It's an emotion like everything, like sadness, like grief, like joy. And my role as a human is to have the experience of all of these things. What I what I then attain is is a sense of of peace of mind, and I think ultimately that's probably what we want is we want to feel a sense of connectedness and peace of mind. And in order to do that, we need to connect firstly with ourselves. We need to be inward looking, 
and therefore and sort of allow ourselves to flow and allow ourselves to feel and be guided by you know this you know this idea of true self and you know my, again my sense of it is that well if i can and this is the, another spiritual piece if i be, if i can allow myself to believe that i am a flow of consciousness there is a there is this this true self that is almost like a body wisdom embodied within within me and expressing itself through me. I don't have to intellectualize everything. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to figure everything out. I can give over the heavy lifting of life to my true self. So a bit like a, 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 a someone who's who's Christian may say, well, we give it over for, to God. From an energy flow coaching perspective, I'd say, well, we give it over. We give over the heavy lifting of life to my true self. I don't have to figure it out. I can allow whatever happens to happen, and I kind of know that whatever is I'm meant to experience is what well, is going to show up for me anyway. I don't have to figure it all out. And again, that's a, a sort of a spiritual piece. I'm going to be, you know, I'm wired in a certain way. Certain things are going to show show up for me, and if I allow them, allow myself to have the experience of whatever I feel when these things arise, then I'm having that I'm having the experience I'm supposed to be having. Yeah. And I'm I think one of the things that it reminds me of is the um kind of the concept that just because I'm feeling something that is uncomfortable for me doesn't mean that there's a problem or doesn't mean something's wrong or it's not supposed to be this way. It's just a feeling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Therapist, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. It's interesting, isn't it? I think, again, I don't know where this comes from. I don't know if this is a cultural, whether this is wired into our DNA, but there is definitely that sense of, I shouldn't feel like this. I don't want to feel like this. I, I remember, you know, I had a couple of profound shifts for myself. One of them was when I was in a space of, I, I had this realization that everything I feel is okay. Now, when you're somebody that feels a lot, as I do, and I'm sure lots of your, you know, the listeners do, then, you know, we are in a culture where we do kind of block how we feel and it isn't okay. And, you know, especially now, it's, you, you need to feel good all of the time. You need, you need to be having great experiences and feeling good. So that was pretty profound for me. The other profound thing was when I realized that 
which is kind of the same thing, but what I feel is not a problem and I don't need to solve it because I was aware of, and again, this is about, you know, trying to remove the layer of suffering that goes on top of any emotional discomfort was that I was aware that I don't feel quite right. And there's a, this red alert, bap, bap, bap. You shouldn't feel like this. There must be a problem if you feel like this. And I guess it makes sense for our body mind system to work in that way as if maybe if we don't feel quite right, you know, if you go back to, you know, thousands of years, you know, we we evolved living in small tribes in forests and jungles and these sorts of things. And if I had, if my intuitive feeling was off or if I felt didn't feel quite right, maybe there was something wrong and maybe I needed to pay attention because there was a, there was a bear that was, you know, behind the, those trees off in the distance. Whereas now life isn't kind of like that. But until I think, I wonder if it's something of a hangover from that, that if we don't feel quite right, there's this red alert that goes off that this is not right, you shouldn't feel like this, this is a problem, you need to solve it. And what we tend to do is we get into that space of resisting our feelings because it very often doesn't relate to anything out there. It's some internal conception. So so when we can get into that space of, well, what I feel is not a problem, I don't actually have to solve how I feel, then that was for me that was that was a huge realization because and as I say it removed a whole layer of suffering and in fact what I was actually feeling dissolved reasonably quickly as well. Now of course one of the things I always emphasize to my clients is just because you in that space of what I feel does not need to be solved it doesn't mean that you don't have to take action in life because we're talking about those things as being two separate things, especially from our inside out of, well, it's not not necessarily that this is causing how I feel. Yeah, maybe that I'm imprinting some meaning on that and I'm having some feelings as a result of that. But it may be that it's how I feel right now is, n- is not related at all to what is going on out there. Maybe there's just part of the ebb and flow of feelings that I'm having some feelings or I don't feel good. But of course, we often get into that immediately. Oh, it's got to be something out there. When we can just be in that space of, well, what I feel is not a problem. I don't have to solve what I feel. We activate our emotional system reset. We come back into a space of clarity and therefore we align up to what, you know, I would call this higher end of the consciousness spectrum. And then in that space, we're far better equipped to make a decision, a good choice as to you know, an, an, an action that we take. Because that's what we want to be doing in terms, you know, and this is how we, you know, how we can, enhance the the quality of our lives improve our performance is be, is making decisions that are kind of aligned with our true self where we're sort of flowing and we do that from a space of clarity and we get clarity by you know when we've stopped wobbling and we facilitate that stopping of wobbling by allowing ourselves to fully feel without resisting it without blocking it and being that space of well what i feel may have nothing to do with what's going on out there firstly let me just feel it and remove that resistance to it yeah so that makes me want to ask when you are working with people this is like a very concrete question when you're working with people who have chronic pain or let's say i mean let's say fibromyalgia chronic fatigue one of those types of illnesses, adrenal fatigue, how does the coaching fit in with the healing process from those symptoms? So, you know, as you can tell, what, what I'm what I'm seeking to do here is is dovetail spiritual ideas and science. Uh, you know, we've talked about the HP access and we've talked about these spiritual ideas of us being all being a flow of consciousness. And 
you know, there's a whole load of other, other spiritual stuff, which is, um, you know, which kind of goes with that. It's there's a, a reasonably structured process where I, I'm recognizing in the first instance that we are all living in the outside in paradigm. So we all think that life is directly causing how we feel. And therefore, I have to meet people. I have to meet all my clients at their model of the world, if you will. And of course, with that, I'm suggesting that symptoms, as I've been saying, symptoms, whatever we feel, be it a pain, be it hunger, whatever it is, is feedback from our body inviting us to do something. And I'm suggesting that, right, well, if you have symptoms from anxiety through to chronic fatigue or chronic pain, where there is no medical explanation for those symptoms, that it's feedback from the body and the body generally just turns up the volume of symptoms. And this is one of the issues. The more we try to suppress symptoms, the more the body just cranks up the volume, the more intense those symptoms become. But we have to use, just like if you if it's 1.30 on a Thursday afternoon and you feel hunger, that hunger is your body telling you something about now. So you do something now. So in much the same way as I look at as as the first part of a structured process is saying, okay, well, when symptoms of chronic fatigue or chronic pain or adrenal fatigue present themselves, it's the body giving us feedback about my interaction with my environment and my interaction with myself in that moment. So we begin to understand that and we begin to change interaction with our with, with our environment in the first instance. What we then begin to see is that the symptoms cluster around certain deeper patterns. And there's a little bit of a spiritual piece to that, but deeper, you know, deeper patterns. And then we uncover what those patterns are and we see that there are specific areas and almost all symptoms will cluster around two or three, you know, major triggers. And then what we do is we're looking to, again, change the way. So there's a behavioral piece of changing the way we interact with with the environment. Also then changing the nature of our relationship with us, with ourselves, and then when we do that, all the time using the, the the body, all the time learning to feel, and the more we learn to to feel, the more present we are in the in in, in the sensations our our body sends. The more we're paying a, you know we're paying a, a, attention to to that feedback, the quicker we're able to respond to feedback, and the quicker the body almost like turns down the volume, if that makes sense. So you know it's. When, you know, when it comes to somebody that has full-blown chronic fatigue or, or, or fibromyalgia, we have to be honest. It's, you know, when you've got dysfunction within your HP access and your brain is rewired, it's, it will take about six months. This is not an overnight. There's no magic bullet to this. You know, there's a process of there's a period of time it takes to rewire the mind-body system back back to normal. But that's that's the process that we go through where with this we're addressing the environment, we're addressing our interaction with our environment, and we're addressing that deeper level of our, our relationship with ourselves. And it's all done through the body. We're under, you know, I talked at the start about body, mind, and, and 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 spirit. We have to be aware of the role of the mind. We have to be aware of the role of thinking. But we're not. We're not. It's thinking is not. It's not. A, it's not necessarily a, a cause of of symptoms. Dysfunctional thinking patterns very often are, again, a result of a full stress bucket. When you know what 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 neuroscience is beginning to tell us now is that, you know, our emotional processing occurs at higher speeds than our, our you know our thoughts. So most of our 
of our emotion is flooding through and affecting our thinking. And, you know, again, coming back to this idea of, of this, this spectrum of, of consciousness, my conception of reality, my perception of life, my perception of myself at any given moment is more a reflection of my state of consciousness than it is reality out, outside of me. So when we begin to understand that, we begin to understand that, well, my reality emerges through me. I can direct my attention inward. I can allow what it is that I feel. I begin to rewire. And then, as I say, it's allowing the body and brain to heal themselves. When I allow and I feel and I flow, then everything kind of falls into place. It's the it's resistance. It's you know, it's it's as old as the as old as the hills, that idea, isn't it? It's that it's resistance to life, resistance to struggle, resistance to ourselves, just resistance in general that is the cause of most problems, just the the, the issues. We've got to bring that into conscious awareness. And I guess that's what a lot of what energy flow coaching is about. It's shining a spotlight because so much of what we're doing is out of unconscious pattern, which has arisen from the traumas that we, we we experienced in childhood. And then we've we've in order to deal with life, in order to cope with life, we've managed, we've modeled ourselves or we've molded ourselves in a certain way, which is effectively resisting the nature of who we are. <laughs> it's all it's all deep, isn't it, really? But it, you know, we kind of we can distill it down to 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 things being very very simple, and simple is not easy. But it's fundamentally about detaching cognitions from feelings, so allowing oneself to feel the sensations of what one feels, without thinking about it, without attaching story. Because you know, as we've talked about, everything is story. You know, there's there's a story for for everything, and it's you know it, it messes with your mind if you look into it a bit too much. But the simple way of doing it, and you know, the thing I do is that, and here's here's a here's a different way of 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 looking at it. What we you know one of the one of the kind of recent things we we seem to be learning in science is that exposure to cold is is good for you. So it boosts it boosts your immune system function. Now. I remember, you know, first kind of looking into that and reading about it and, you know, thinking, oh, this is really interesting. And then I got out of the shower one one morning and the, the window was open and it was winter and there was a the strong draft of cold air came in. I immediately kind of winced, tightened up, resisted it and felt uncomfortable, probably emotional feelings as well as the physical discomfort. I then had the realization that, ah, but this is good for you. I sort of relaxed into it and fully embraced the feeling of cold, knowing that, well, this is actually good. Now, the suffering, the the, the physical, and I then became curious about what isn't this what does cold what does cold actually feel like? And taking away, you know, removing the 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 judgmental labels of, of it. And just being curious about what it actually feels like, it was like mm, yeah, it's, I'm not. I don't know that I'm necessarily enjoying it, but it's it, it, in terms of a level of suffering. When I'm resisting it, I'm wincing. I'm oh no, this is horrible. I'm at I'm at a seven or eight out of ten in terms of levels of suffering and discomfort. When I when I flow into, it, I relax into, it, and I'm in that space of yeah, this is probably good for me. And it's not so much of a cognitive shifting as such. It is more of a, a realization and an opening to it. The level of suffering probably went down to a one or a two. Now, it's not something that I would 
you know, I wouldn't want to be exposed to cold for a prolonged period of time because it would, you know, the the suffering probably would would increase, and my body after a certain time would say, no, this is not good. You know, I, 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 and it's like with all stresses, isn't it? You know, what we know is, you know, we know is that as, as human beings, emotionally, physically, we're designed for a certain amount of stress, but it's kind of short short-term stress you know we're mobilized by stress and you know a, a small amount mobilizes us and we can grow from it but an excessive stress and we'll break down and cold would be the same so a short-term exposure to cold will boost our, our immune system you know excessive exposure to cold and we you know our, 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 our body will begin to break down and we'll become unwell but the the idea being, you know, as, as two you know two two extremes of well, I can experience suffering through resistance to the cold, or I can throw myself into it and embrace it, and the suffering goes away. We can do the same with 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 with, with our emotions, and that's you know essentially what I'm advocating is when you just become curious about what something feels like, you take away any labels, any judgment, and you almost believe that it's. And this is what I do from a spiritual perspective. I believe that it's good for me in order. Order for me to, as I would say, raise my, my my frequency, raise my my vibration. I need to allow myself to feel everything. So, if guilt or shame or fear or anger present themselves, I, I'm in that. I do get in that space of, come on, bring it on. Let me fully feel this because I know that my experience of life is and my vibration will shift as I allow myself to feel it. It's often the case that people that are spiritual think that they shouldn't feel those sorts of low vibrational feelings you know I, I don't you know I don't do I don't do guilt I don't do anger I don't do shame you know I don't do fear uh, I'm in this happy space all the time and for me that's you know I don't think it's uncommon for spiritual people to do that for to be in that space where they therefore resist those sorts of those sorts of uh, uh, emotional feelings whereas my view is counter to that I think that we attain you know, a more of a spiritual advancement, if you will. That's probably not, not not quite the right word, but a shift in our vibration through fully embracing all the feelings that that we have. So again, that's the idea that well, what I feel is not a problem, and what I feel do- doesn't need to be solved. So that that's me trying to, even though it's kind of all deep, it's trying to distill it down into well, how do I use this? Use this by dive into your feelings, dive into your body, get into your body, be present in each moment and, and allow everything you feel, removing any kind of mental comments and applying any meaning or judgment or anything like that. Just feel what you feel and trust that there is, I give over the heavy lifting of life to my true self. So I'm going to be guided. I'm going to be guided through life. Almost like I'm sat on the back of a horse and it's going to take me on my journey and I don't need to do anything to it. The, my horse need, knows where it's going. So that horse is my true self and it's just taking me on my journey. Yeah. I think what was really coming through for me and a lot of what you were saying is that it's the fear of what will happen if we allow ourselves to feel the discomfort causes, you know, so much resistance against it. And then, you know, so it's like just I don't want to say letting go of the fear because I know it's not that simple, but it's kind of like just without the fear you can just feel whatever yeah it's 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 directing your uh, attention to what's taking place in your body in the now and it it's like ca- tensing up against the cold it's like oh i'm cold i'm not supposed to feel this ooh oh like there's a problem and if you just go no there's not a problem it's just a, f- a sensation 
of cold air yeah right now you know in short doses it's not going to hurt me mm. in fact it's good for me yeah yeah and as i say i think with our with our emotions we can do we can do the same thing and that's why i feel our our, our emotional experience our experience won't you know won't harm us but if we block it we know that it will lead to all sorts of of health problems because it just builds up in our stress bucket because we're not going to stop our body mind system producing emotion we can block our feelings but we can't block our emotion yeah so i just have to ask you if someone is working with you and they have chronic pain are they going to be feeling more pain when they start doing this energy flow coaching that's a good question and it's not uncommon for people to begin to say that they they're sim there's they seem to have more symptoms than they thought because it's again it's not uncommon for people to for, for sufferers to block out mm -hmm. in order to just to which is you know it, it's it's understandable isn't it in order for me to cope with life I redirect my focus away from symptoms because I don't know what's causing them. I don't know how to alleviate them. So I, I don't pay, pay attention to them. So they, they often, when I say we've got to get into, into your body because your symptoms are your body trying to convey a message, trying to get our attention or your, your attention, we need to pay attention to them there. They often say, wow, I've got, I've had more symptoms than I thought I had. And, you know, it's again, I reframe that a little bit and say, well, this is good because it means there's something to work with. It means your body is talking to us, and even though it's shouting very loudly, it doesn't necessarily mean that the 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 message is is major. That's quite a that's quite an important piece. I think unconsciously we generally believe that the size of the solution needs to match the size of the problem. So if we feel something very very intensely, you know, we have a lot of symptoms. We assume that the whatever the 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 uh the answer is that the the solution is needs to be very very major and it it actually isn't when we you know when we think if you think about hunger if you you know if you've had breakfast and then it's it gets to lunchtime you have a mild rumbling uh, if you don't eat for five days you don't have a mild rumbling anymore you probably get something far, far more serious but the message is still the same still you've got to eat something it's just the body cranks up the volume of the 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 symptom that it sends, and I think people intuitively know this. I, I just think that's that what was what's happened is that we've tended to, again, because of this 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 medicalized mindset, if a symptom persists persists or gets worse, we immediately go to our doctor. Uh, you know, I, I'm in favour of us consulting with medicine, but also paying attention to our own intuitive feedback. Because I think with certain things, we have a sense of what's going on. You know, not all the time, but, you know, I think it's useful to pay attention to it. I realise I'm probably drifting all over the place. And I do have a bit of a tendency to jump from one thing to the next, which may make it tricky to follow me. <laughs> well, I I don't know. I, I think it makes sense. And you know, I'm just listening intently because I'm thinking about, you know, so many people I work with who have chronic pain and chronic illness and Everyone I work with has emotional pain, you know, that they've usually been kind of disconnected from their bodies. So, but uh, it's been astounding just how much the body tells us if we listen. And I've also experienced myself the feeling of, you know, literally feeling a pain somewhere, doing some emotional work 
and having a complete change in the pain. You know, it moves or it goes away. You know, so it's really, it's incredible how that mm. is. Yeah, I, I think it's that thing of the, our body will get our attention somehow. And if we don't don't pay attention, they just it'll try something else. It'll try some other some other medium, and symptoms are just a medium through which our body is is trying to give us a tap on the shoulder. Yeah, or shaking us by the shoulders. Yeah, you know, giving us a punch in the face. Yeah, uh, and it seems weird, doesn't it? Because you know, from that perspective, I'm I'm suggesting your body is on your side, and if you're a person that is almost housebound with symptoms, you might think I'm crazy. But again, you know, the the idea when we look at it from a more scientific perspective, then what happens with stress is that the stress response is is effectively trying to bring us back to homeostasis, trying to bring us back to balance. Because what happens when we become unwell or dis diseased as a result of a body in a perpetual state of stress is that the the stressor, which is normally perceived is nothing like as damaging or is not damaging at all, whereas the, the a persistent stress response is. And in much the same way as the idea of, of cold, a short-term short -term exposure to cold is fine, but if you stay out in, in freezing weather, you'll die. So that's effectively what happens. You know, a body in, in a short-term state of stress actually is good for us. Long-term stress, kill us. It's kind of bit brutal, but it's as, it is as, as straightforward as that. Wow. <laughs> So Kyle, do you bring, what is your two day thing? Is it a training for, or is it a workshop for people to experience energy flow coaching? Or it what? is. Yeah. So the two day, the two day workshop. It's so much out of my price range. So unaffordable. <laughs> this is, uh, this, this, this. <laughs> you can't afford it. Don't even bother. <laughs> this two day workshop is for sufferers of, of, of chronic fatigue and pain. So normally in terms of, and what that does is it goes a little bit bit deeper and it gives people an idea and, and some, you know, some methods and some, some, you know, ways of working with this. You know, as I said earlier, my experience is that in order to rewire the brain back to normal functioning, in most instances, it, it, it takes a number of months and we could say six is a, is a good average. So normally in my one-to-one -one work, you know, I work with people over the course of, you know, I, I have a program which is a 20-week program, which sometimes it does extend a bit. So the workshop is giving people more of a taster and some some experiential sense of of, of what this work is all about within a within a, a, a safe in, uh, environment. So most most of the work I do is is that is is one-to-one. Which is usually via Skype, and it's a, a twenty-week program because you 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 have to commit to the time because if you want to get well, you know you've got to you know, you've got to recognize that this is gonna this is gonna take time. Yeah, and part of it is because when we get to say when we get into those those deeper patterns, and you'll have the same I'm sure with your work is that we develop a sense of identity and. My belief is that that sense of if if your body's presenting persistent symptoms, your sense of who you are is detached from probably who you really are, or you're misaligned with what I'm calling your true self. And I'm not suggesting that true self is fixed because it isn't. There's no single version of us. But we are, you know, if we are blocking our deeper feelings, our intuitive feelings, our emotional feelings, then we are misaligned 
from our true self and therefore we block our flow and therefore we you know we get we get ill but it's you know the the ego wants to hold on to a sense of identity and again this is the other the, the other bit that is is very spiritual is that as I was saying earlier when we can embrace the idea that well i'm a flow of consciousness there is no single version of me i'm connected to all that is i don't have to consciously know who i am i can i can just be curious almost about who i might be through how i feel and how i feel today may be different to how i feel tomorrow and next week and that's all part of the wonderful experience of life when i step into that space that enables me or that facilitates a relinquishing of a, a, a rigid uh, or a, a, a you know a, a tight holding onto a, a sense of self so i don't have to be in that space of right well this is me you know i can let go and say oh actually i'm curious about who who i might be and what i'm going to do that 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 curiosity is going to manifest as being aware of what i feel and of course the more i do that the more i flow and that the, the healthier i am in mind and body awesome well so for people who are listening and may be interested in doing coaching with you or catching your workshop next time you come around, where can they find you? At website energyflowcoaching.com on social media. You know, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Kyle Davies or Energy Flow Coaching. Yes. And tell them the name of your book one more time. The Intelligent Body, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble and in most high street retailers, although you probably get it cheapest on Amazon, I suspect. And it's a Norton book. And you know how Laura likes to interview Norton authors. Yes, I do. Shout out to Norton. <laughs> All right. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for being back on Therapy Chat today. It was so great to be with you here in person. I know. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to my interview with Kyle Davies. I hope you enjoyed it. We had a little more fun and goofed off a little bit more than normal because I'm usually alone and we were together in person with a, a dog that was really keeping us giggling. But in spite of all the giggling, I really enjoyed talking with Kyle about what is a pretty serious topic, our health. We take it for granted sometimes, but, you know, I work with so many trauma survivors who have some kinds of health issues that come up. And um, the research indicates that there is a link between childhood trauma and physical and emotional well-being. So the emotional symptoms are pretty obvious to any trauma therapist, but the physical symptoms, because they are not all in your head, they're real, can be confusing and extremely overwhelming. It's often hard to get an accurate diagnosis and whatever treatment would help. So I love the work that Kyle is doing and its emphasis on the connection, the mind-body connection. That is it for now. As always, thank you for listening to Therapy Chat. Talk to you soon. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. 
Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Just another reminder that if you'd like to become a member of Therapy Chat, supporting the podcast while receiving fun member perks and being able to communicate with me one-on-one, go to patreon.com slash therapy chat. If every subscriber donated just $1 per month, Therapy Chat would be able to keep going strong indefinitely. Thanks so much for your support. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com.